What is good, everybody? Welcome to the Gold Standard Podcast on the Gold Standard Podcast Network. I'm Rob Stats Guerrera. It is Thursday. Levin Black is here. What's up, Levin? Hey, uh, cheers to you, Rob, fellow uh, loser in the bracket. 19 seconds. You took 19 seconds for you to get your jab in. I am joining you in loser land in the 49ers media madness bracket. Congrats to Jason Aponte, who who just boat raced me in the vote. It wasn't even uh, close. We I wouldn't necessarily say that. You were closing towards the end. Like the last the second 24 hours, you won. The first 24 hours, <laughs> you got whooped. I'm a second half team. What can I say? We'll get into the results of the bracket and look ahead at the quarterfinals a little bit later. Uh, but before we do, I want to remind every, everybody, please like and subscribe to the YouTube page and the podcasts. This is a little confusing, so stick with us. If you are subscribed to what was the old Niners Nation feed, stay subscribed to that feed. You might have noticed it looks a little different right now. Just hang with us. Stay subscribed to that feed. It's literally in the process of being transferred over to us. Once that happens, that'll be the gold standard feed. So if you're if you're subscribed there, just stick with us. I know the update uh, episodes haven't been updating yet. They will eventually, but we just got to work through this kind of hurdle here. So if you saw some changes and you didn't know what's up, that's what's going on. Yeah, on the bright side, it's a good time of the year for this to be happening. Yes. <laughs> if it was August, September, October, uh, I think we would probably be a lot more worked up about it and behind the scenes. It is what it is. It is confusing, even for me. <laughs> and I have somewhat of a back backroom view of it. So just stick with us. Um, and once that officially gets transferred over, we'll probably have an announcement or two about some things that we've got in the works. Um, that's going to be really exciting and cool. But until then, uh, just stay subscribed to that one. If you're subscribed to the new one, you're good for a little while too. Eventually we will be hopping over full time to that old feed because it's got a bigger audience. Uh, but we can cross that bridge uh, when we get to it. Now on today's show, just before we hit record on Wednesday, we got a little bit of news. The Niners have dipped into the free agent pool once again. They are signing defensive lineman Austin Bryant. I'm sure you know all about Austin Bryant, Levin. Oh, yes. Uh, doesn't everybody. Uh, <laughs> everybody but quarterbacks, apparently. Wow. Uh, and that would be because he had zero sacks. <laughs> a shot right away. That's how you're starting Austin Bryant's tenure with the 49ers. It is what it is. Uh, you know, I tweeted out that if Austin Bryant turns into anything, the 49ers are wizards. Because from what we can gather, and you're right, uh, I am not an Austin Bryant expert. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like, oh, you're yes, fired. I have watched all the line, all, all the games, you know, that he was playing in. And, and I know exactly what he what he was. No, like, I honestly can't even tell you a single play in my mind of his that comes to mind. Um but just a quick look on on the stats. He played 208 defensive snaps, which is 34% of their defensive snaps this past year. Zero sacks, five total pressures. That's not good. And Kyle Posey of Niners Nation pointed out in a tweet that basically he was a healthy scratch down the stretch last right. year because he was outplayed by a couple of rookies that Detroit had. So I think... What the Niners are doing, Levin, is they are leaning into a strength. That strength, of course, being defensive line coach Chris Kosarek. They have seen, and it's indisputable, 
they can take linemen that have underachieved in certain places, bring them into their system, coach them up, stick them next to Nick Bosa and Eric Armstead, which is a huge factor also, and they get production out of them that those players have not shown in other places. Are the Niners doing that too much? No, and that's because of the Hargrave signing, in my opinion. If this was what they were doing and they didn't address the defensive tackle, yeah, I, I would be beside myself right now. But they went out and they got a defensive tackle, and it's not just that they got a defensive tackle who's good. They got one that's particularly great at pass rushing. You know, he had, what, 11 yep. sacks this past year. So that is their second pass rusher. That is their second sack artist. So for the other defensive end position, they can look at the projects and hope somebody turns into something. You know, I, I made mention of it at the time of the Hargrave signing. And I think it's absolutely true. They don't necessarily need to invest in the defensive end position because Eric Armstead is, is going to probably play there a little bit on early downs like he has in the past. Hargrave kind of frees him up to be back to this hybrid role where he's a defensive end on rundowns and a defensive tackle on pass downs. So what you're looking at is a limited role at that defensive end position. You don't want to go spend big money on, on a limited role. It is important because it's a pass rushing role from the edge, but you got Drake Jackson who you hope can progress. He looked good early in the season and he did wear down, but you would hope coming into year two, he now understands the type of shape that he needs in order to make it through an entire season. And then they signed Farrell who has uh, high upside potential. And now they got, you know, this, this uh, Austin Bryant guy that, who knows what he is, honestly, at this point. But I, I think it's not a bad strategy. It, it, it's the fact that they got Hargrave, that they can just do this. Hopefully somebody emerges from defensive end. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Without the Hargrave signing, you're like, mm, maybe, you know, don't shop out of the discount bin at Walmart for defensive end. But the Hargrave signing is a thing. It happened. It does change the whole complexity, uh, complexion rather, of the defensive line. And so I think that's a good point. I like your point about Armstead and, and what that does for him specifically. And I think they are still putting a lot on Drake Jackson. They're really counting on a big improvement. And I think they're counting on a big improvement, honestly, from everybody from that draft class going into next year. We, we sometimes forget about a draft class after it's their rookie year. We're just like, oh, what's the next draft class? Let's pay attention to that. It's like, no, no, you need those guys to make leaps too. And that's going to be big for the Niners. I think there's also a, a fallback here too. If none of those guys progress and you just have kind of a wasteland of an edge rusher, <laughs> then you can trade. Like that is something that's become more prevalent in the NFL. You saw the Rams do it with Von Miller. So I think that there would be a trade market there. So if you have, say, even just three, four million dollars in cap space throughout the season and you get towards that trade deadline and the defensive ends just have not come together in that second spot, you can go out and find somebody and probably find somebody that's going to be reliable and a really good pass rusher. And you'd probably only have to pay them the three, four million that's left in their base salary. Cause when you trade for them, that's what you owe. You owe the base salary. So I think that they would be able to afford to find somebody reliable there mid season. If these guys don't progress. So why not take the cheap option and hope you get lucky? Or I guess it's not really luck because they are going out and purposely targeting people that they think have the potential to grow. And if it doesn't work out, you can always fall back and go get somebody. And I think that they will, although they might not have to, if they do what you and Jason Aponte are like trying to literally <laughs> will into existence, which is go out and sign Justin Houston or somebody like that. 
Right. Justin Houston, to me, is D Ford. We saw how crazy of a game record D Ford was in 2019 when he was healthy. That's Justin Houston. The difference is he does stay healthy. If I'm not mistaken, Justin Houston only played like something like 30% of the defensive snaps this past year, but he had nine and a half sacks. And he did it, and I think he was only paid three and a half a million. You can't beat that. Go sign him for three and a half million again. Why not? And again, it's the kind of thing where we, I know we've been talking about it a lot, but because of the other people the Niners have on defense, like you're, you're going to be put in a position to succeed. You're not going to be facing double teams right. all the time. Plus, I think that Wilkes is going to blitz Fred Warner a lot more than the Niners have in the past, too, because that's something that uh, he likes to do is, is blitz his linebacker. So it's yeah, it's going to look a little different on defense, but they have a chance to really put together a crazy, crazy unit and withstand whatever craziness happens at the quarterback position, which we know at this point is just going to happen. (laughs) Yeah, right now, uh, the quarterback position for the 49ers is anybody's guess. Everybody has a theory. Nobody knows except for probably three people. I'm not even sure those quarterbacks know. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. That would be an interesting. I would love to talk to them. What have you specifically been told? Like Trey Lance, have you been told? I'm hoping they get asked that at some point. You know, you've seen that. Players slip up in the offseason. Somebody catches them and is like, hey, what are your plans for this season? And they go, oh, well, when I get healthy, I'll be starting again. You know, something like that can slip out of Purdy's mouth. And we're going to hear from Kyle and John Lynch and probably Jed York. uh, Sunday, there's the owners meetings in Arizona, I believe they're in. Yeah, Arizona. Um and Kyle's definitely going to talk because he wasn't at the combine. So, you know, people are going to be hitting him up. Maybe Jed York will talk. John Lynch will probably end up talking again because he always does. Um, and I hope those questions get asked. Um, they should. I'd be interested to hear Kyle's answer. Sometimes I think you're more likely to get a real answer from him if you kind of tick him off first. Because like Grant <laughs> said yesterday, when you tick off Kyle, he gets mad, but he does answer the question. Yeah. And so I hope that we get some answers. There should be a very simple question that if you phrase it correctly, there's no wiggle room. Right. And it's, it would be one of those situations that if he doesn't answer it, then, and, and I mean, doesn't answer in that he says other stuff, you know, obviously he's going to respond to the question, but he might say other stuff that doesn't directly answer the question. And that would be telling you ask him, if Purdy is a full go and fully healthy week one, will he start? Right. There's no wiggle room in that. You know, oh, well, we'll see where he's at. No, I said if he's ready to go week one. So you can't wiggle your way out of that. And if he, he hashes and say, well, we're going to have to see what Trey looks like or, well, I would want him to have some preseason work or anything like that, then you get a pretty good picture of what it's going to take for Purdy to be able to start week one. If it's that he has to get preseason time, then you're looking at Trey starting the season because it's highly doubtful Purdy's going to be able to play in the preseason. If he says, if he's a full go, he starts, well, there's your full answer. And if he hashes or refuses to answer or sidesteps it in any way, I would say Kyle hasn't fully made up his mind yet, which means it's anybody's game. You know my analogy that I always go to. There are some questions where there is only one answer. Anything other than yes means no. When you ask somebody to marry you and they don't give you some <laughs> form of yes immediately, that means they don't want to marry you. So I agree. That's how you got to state the question. And his response, whatever it is, I think will give us some information. I want to know, 
let's say Brock's not ready to go, Kyle. Does Sam Darnold have a chance to beat out Trey Lance and be the week one starter? I think it's a fair question. John Lynch uh, just spoke with Matt Barrows at Stanford's Pro Day yesterday, and he said, we like everything about Sam Darnold. We think that he's going to be in the same situation that he was at the end of the year at Carolina, which is basically really good run game that suits your skills. We're excited about that. When has a general manager ever said that they are excited about a third-string quarterback? What I want to know is Christian McCaffrey's opinion. Because that's his former teammate. Oh, on Darnold? Mm -hmm. I know that they're pretty good friends. So does McCaffrey think, you know, just flat ask him, like, do you think it's possible you'll be catching passes from Darnold again? Something along those lines. I mean, I I understand what you're saying, but at the same time, like players, they're, they're the worst GMs. They're well, they're they're always going to say, "Oh yeah, that's possible." You know, they're never going to oh, say, "No, a, that guy sucks. He's my teammate, but he sucks." Yeah, this guy's a baller. Brock was balling in practice. Jimmy's a baller. Like I don't know. <laughs> the players, they just want to win. They don't care how. If if you my could, all-time favorite is Richard Sherman, Dante Pettis could be a one of the best wide receivers in the league <laughs> sure didn't really yeah didn't really work no. out there did it Mm-mm. you know who they could have drafted instead of dante pettis isaiah oliver it's drafted in the second round Niners didn't do it now he's on the team eventually anyway and uh, hopefully the slot corner and and away we go the other thing that i got from that barrels article now that just jogged in my memory steve wilkes has had a a pretty big role in this free agent class, right? Steve Wilkes coached Miles Hartfield in Carolina, coached against Isaiah Oliver multiple times because uh, Oliver was with the Falcons. Obviously, coached Sam Darnold. Like Steve Wilkes has had a pretty big footprint here in terms of the guys that the Niners have brought. I'm not saying he's dictating the calls, <laughs> but for a guy that just got to town a little while ago, he's, you know, out of the frying pan into the fire. Who knows? It could have been people that they were going to go after anyways, and it's all coincidence. Uh, it also could be something that Wilkes negotiated. You know, he he was a sought-after defensive coordinator, so it's possible that he said, uh, I'll sign, but I want you to be willing to listen to who I want and for you to be willing to pursue the guys I want. And I wouldn't be shocked if that is something that he was saying, that you know he wants input and he wants a true commitment to go after guys that I want you know they can't guarantee they'll sign anybody but these guys aren't expensive so it's not like he would be asking for the world right exactly like are you really going to fight him on Miles Hartsfield like what what is he going to cost you he's he's a versatile player he's good on special teams you know we talk about positionless football on offense all the time right you can move anybody anywhere all the time and that's awesome and it's clearly a goal the 49ers have I think almost think they're kind of going for that on defense as well right I mean, you've got guys, you could move Armstead along the defensive line. You could move Drake Jackson around to different spots. He's got experience doing that in college. All the secondary guys they're bringing in seem to be able to play safety and corner. Hufanga can obviously move a bunch of different places, can play deep safety, can play up at the line of scrimmage. I almost kind of wonder if the Niners are going for that positionless football on defense as much as you can, that is. I mean, if you you really want to get into it, like, Imagine Bosa and Hargrave. They could just like flip-flop, you know, have Bosa lined up a DE and then as the offense gets set, all of a sudden swap spots because Hargrave mm-hmm. could play on the edge. 
You know, he could be an edge rusher if he wanted. He's a big dude, so that's why he plays inside, but his skills are an edge rusher. And Bosa obviously is, you know, he's a bear. And he can, and Bosa lines up wherever he wants any on any play anyway. So I see a lot of stunts with those two coming. Yeah. I mean, that's going to be, it's going to be so much fun just to watch. They're, they're going to smother people. Imagine being like the left side of an offensive line. Oh, (laughs) we're going to play the 49ers. Awesome. Right. Or it's, hey, here's Hargrave and Bosa coming on one side. Oh, wait, now Fred Warner's coming in screaming behind them. Like, it, it is literal nightmare stuff. But I think that they could do a lot of confusing things on defense, which, you know, you don't have to totally stump a guy for that to have an effect. All it takes is that extra, you know, half second, that extra beat of hesitation, which is something the Niners were doing a lot last year when they would bring Warner and everybody right up to the line at the snap and the quarterback never knew if they were going to blitz or drop back into coverage. Just takes that little beat sometimes and that can give you the advantage. Yeah, make the opposing quarterback see ghosts. That's He's never going to live that down. God. Can you imagine if he said that and Kyle heard it on the sideline? Kyle would just bite his head off. Yeah. I got to look at the schedule. Is there a game on Halloween? Because it'd be hilarious if Darnold showed up, like came into the stadium dressed as a ghost. <laughs> be a little late for that. Hey, there's that laugh. Here for yeah, the laugh. I've been waiting. Halloween's on, on a Tuesday. So you totally have that laugh. You got to admit. I, I know you poo pooed on my Twitter video where I spliced I it together. You totally have that Burt Reynolds laugh. Some of us can make Twitter videos that get 2.5 million views and some of us get videos that no one notices that's just, you know that's just the difference between me and you that's how we're different it's cool i mean between the two of you you got one good mustache <laughs> yeah it's definitely not me that's for damn sure all right let's get into our media bracket a little bit which i'm surprised at how much it has taken off it is awesome you can vote in the bracket right now. The description. Why do I keep saying that wrong? The link is in the description. You can click on it. You can vote in the Media Madness bracket. We are in the quarterfinals now. We're getting down to the nitty gritty, the powerhouse matchups. Um, before we preview the quarterfinals, though, we got to look back really quick because it was a crazy round that had some really close matchups, some that were not decided until the final minutes of the voting. Yeah, which made my life miserable, if I'm being honest, because I went to uh, a museum with my kid today. It's essentially, it's a science center, but it's like a children's museum. It's set up for children. So I'm like there as this bracket is ending, and there are two races that are literally within like Mm -hmm. 10 votes with an hour to go. It's like, I can't make the bracket. You know, Rob does the image of the bracket, so there's like a, a give and take where I'm getting ready to make a post and I need the bracket from Rob, the image edited, and I make the actual bracket on Google that everybody's going and voting. So there's like a, both of us need to be available and ready to go. And I'm sitting there and it's like, I can't prep anything. And I'm like, not at home. So I had a mad wife because at like 12.05, I'm standing off to the side, putting together a bracket. The dedication. 12.05 Eastern, I should say. You gotta love it. Uh, and I do thank you for that. Please tell the wife that I apologize. Uh, Luckily, the uh, in-laws are in town, so there were it wasn't just oh, my the wife. buffer yeah, there. So I was able to, like, sneak away. Good. Yeah. All right, let's get into it a little bit. First matchup was a beast. 
Brad Graham from the SF Niners and Matt Mayoko, the godfather of 49ers beat writers. This one was crazy close. It was 52-47 in favor of Mayoko. Um, Share it so people can see it. There we go. Brad, that's an incredibly strong. Like, Mayoko's been covering the team forever. And the fact that he squeaked by basically on the final day, Brad's got nothing to hang his head about. No, I I find all this stuff fascinating. As you know, like I'm analytics obsessed. So I watch this and like I'm loading it constantly to kind of see how things change over time. And this one was a really fascinating kind of experiment in that regard because every single time either we made a post to the gold standard feed to get people's attention and say go vote or somebody of note retweeted or responded to it to get votes pouring in again from Mm -hmm. twitter brad would search anytime that it just sat and accumulated the votes from people hearing about it showing up in news feeds i think more general fans you know not as closely linked directly to gold standard yep mayoko would grab those votes predominantly so it was kind of a very interesting experiment in that regard where it was very clearly uh the people that follow us are very big Brad fans. Like it's a very shared, it shows the connection between all the content creators. I think. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think it shows that there is something that most of the beat writers are not providing that 49er fans have an interest in and a market have created a market for. And that's what we kind of get it. The stuff that we do, the angles that we take, the interviews that Brad does or, you know, everything, the film breakdowns and stuff that he's got going on. Like there's so much room for everybody in this 49ers community. And you, it's like a buffet, you know, you just pick and choose the things that you like and you want when you want them. I I think social media has changed things like the last 10 years, media has changed permanently. And the way in which it changed is there's a direct link to the fans and your readers and your people who consume your stuff and if you take the time to truly engage and make it feel like they're one of you know you guys are buddies almost i think you pick up a whole different side and loyalty and -hmm. i think we see it with grant Cohn because grant Cohn that's what he succeeds at and you can see it in the next vote grant Cohn is very good at connecting onto social media and connecting with this new age of fan people that didn't necessarily grow up reading the newspaper you know what right. i mean and they're all internet based is where they consume and i think things have changed and i think you see certain people tie into that and i think that's what the content creators tie into and some of the beat people do it uh some do it better than others and then there's a few that are extremely resistant to tying into <laughs> it and those people lost not surprisingly Evolve right. or die. Like that's it's pretty simple. Grant beat Larry Kruger, who has the Krug show on YouTube, his own YouTube channel. I think he does some work for 95.7 the game also. Um he beat him by less than 90 votes. It was unbelievable. A lot. Yes. And you know, I think that there's a lot of people on Twitter. And there was a lot of pushback when I announced the show with Grant that we did yesterday. How's Grant Cohn in this? Who's voting for Grant Cohn? Like, wake up, people. 
Grant's audience is massive. You can complain about him all you want, and I get it. He can be frustrating. I've told him he frustrates me sometimes. But he has a massive, massive audience because he's the only 49ers beat writer that's willing to be critical of the team. And fans want that because fans are critical of the team. And it doesn't mean that Grant doesn't go overboard or say some crazy things sometimes, but we watch the games. We can see when things are good or bad. And when you go to 49ers coverage and all you see is champagne and strawberries, you're going to be dissatisfied. And so Grant, I think, recognized that. And he provides a lot of that coverage that people are looking for. And I think it's reflected in the voting. Right. I mean, I don't think there's any argument that Grant is the most polarizing 49ers media member. You either love him or you hate him. There's not a whole lot of people that fit in the middle ground. And the thing about that is even if more people hate you, which Grant, I honestly don't know which way it falls, but even (laughs) if more people hate you, you're going to have so many people who love you and are loyal to you and like are true fans of you that when it comes to a a vote like this, you're going to do extremely well. And I think that's what we're seeing because I I would say probably 30 or 40% of comments that we have gotten on these posts every round are why is Grant even on this? Or I can't believe Grant, this is rigged or whatever you see the hate, but then you also see his fans and the love because he keeps winning every round. And how many people say they hate Grant and they make those comments, but they also follow him on Twitter to see what he says. Like here's the deep, dark secret of people that do what we do. My worst enemy is not hate. My worst enemy as a host and a content creator is apathy. If you hate me, you have to care enough about me to dislike me. Mm -hmm. If you were apathetic towards me. How many people actually like Skip Bayless? Very few. I don't know too many people that actually (laughs) like him. I guess who has an incredibly popular show and has for well over a decade at this point, and I would all but guarantee is a millionaire at this point off the back of how many people watch him. Skip Bayless. Like, same with like Stephen A and all these people that purposely say controversial stuff just to be controversial. Yeah, they're extremely hated and nobody really likes what they're saying, but they tune in. And if they tune in, Guess who makes money off of that? (laughs) Uh, Let's move on to the third matchup. We could spend very little time on this one. That is me (laughs) and Jason Aponte. Jason whooped me 55 to 44. He jumped out to an early lead and he never gave it back. And I'm, I'm not ashamed, but I am upset about it. And I tweeted at him. (laughs) I want, I'm not going to lie. I wanted to win. I wanted to win the whole thing. And I definitely wanted to get out of my little region that I was in. And I will not forget it. I told him you definitely wanted to be the last gold standard. Yeah, standard. right. Like, damn, man, he's one of the newer gold standard hosts too. Like, I couldn't even do that. And I told him next year, forget it. I am burying him in the bracket. I'm going to put him in the region with Mayoko and Grant and Lombardi and Brad. He'll never see the light of day again in this tournament. Well, that's funny because I was going to make the suggestion to you that next year. We figure out the names that are going to be on it, and we are going to probably expand this so that we can get more people involved. Oh, yeah, definitely. We do a random draw. And if that means two heavyweights go at it right away, so be it. But then that's the fair way that it's a random draw. We could do a whole bracket reveal show. I could draw it out of a hat live. Yeah, somebody could sponsor that show, too. Yeah. 
Wink, you wink. know, your local business in uh, the Bay Area, you want to sponsor that? Look, this bracket's got over a million views on Twitter. I'm just, just throwing that out there. It'll take your money. <laughs> Put your logo on the bracket. It'll go up every time we tweet about it. We'll we'll mention your your company every time we bring up the bracket. Just saying, there's, there's opportunity there for everybody. Uh, but congrats to Jason. He is absolutely killing it right now, and he deserves all the love. So good for him to move on and uh, kick my butt. He'll be fired by the end of the week. Matchup number four as we continue, and that is Vish. Can we spell Vish's name right on the next round? Can we do that at least? He whooped auto-corrected. I tested it this time. I type in Vish, and it tried to auto-correct it to Visk. Yep. But I caught well, it this next round. Vish has Vish has an army, man. And he does. So does it, yeah. Akash is, is popular, and Vish trounced him pretty soundly. Uh, yeah. And, uh, I mean, a little bit of spoiler, but, um, this next round, which is Jason versus Vish, Jason Whoa. has work to do. Oh, it's a Pull knockdown drag out. Um, that way. Jason has some work to do if he wants to win that one. Vish, Vish has, I'll be honest. I did not realize that Vish had this strong of a loyal following. Yeah, he does. Uh, I don't know why some of our shows on Mondays don't get a little more views on YouTube, but that's a problem for me and him to figure out. But um, Vish had to beat Mike Silver in the opening round, too. And he took down Mike Silver, who's like, people know who Mike Silver is, and it wasn't even particularly close. So shout out to Vish, man. Good for him. He moves on. And then this is what I think is clearly in matchup six. Oh, I skipped five. five. I'm sorry. Yeah. Apologies. I could count. Uh, Tim Kawakami and Cam Inman going face to face and it was this is another close one but cam won 53 to 46 over tim kawakami um i i gotta be that's an upset to me this is it an upset to you yes and no <laughs> uh it is tim kawakami the bigger name i think so yeah but like i talked about last round when tim had to have a last minute comeback to beat jesse uh tim blocks a lot of people and rubs a lot of people that's true. Kind of the wrong way on Twitter specifically, I'm talking about. And that's where this poll is originating from. So it's, you know, logical that pretty much anybody that votes in this has a Twitter account and sees that. That's fair. Tim Timmy and Mike Silver both. They go on block parties. Uh and Tim he constantly riles people up too on Twitter. Like he's always retweeting the worst examples of 49er fandom and acting like all 49er yeah. fans are saying what that particular person is saying, which always drives me nuts. But He knows uh, what he's doing, and I'll leave it at that. Right. Congrats to Cam. He moves on. And uh, I don't... Does the Athletic... I can't remember. Does they, the yeah, Athletic have is. any... Rep- okay, that's right. Yeah, Matt's there. All right. It's actually uh, look, a very diverse quarterfinals. Yes, and we'll preview that as we go through right. here. Matchup six. <laughs> to meet Crocker's... The, he's the favorite. He's the favorite uh, of the tournament. Not he even is steamrolling right people. Poor Al Sacco, who does a great job for 49ers web zone. Croc beat him 86 to 13. And Al is great. And Crocker just absolutely billy clubbed him. Uh, Crocker has a bigger lead in this next quarterfinals matchup than this one. He's is insane right now. I almost feel like. You know, it's kind of like if you didn't get him early, you don't have a chance. Like Peacock might have had the best chance to take him down. And now he has the best showing, and Peacock was one third, 33%. Right. And 
if if you don't get it's like a pitcher, right? If you don't get to him in the first inning, then you, yeah. he's going to shut you down the rest of the way. This may be just an absolute romp from Croc. We got to get him on the show. We, once we get to the final four, we got to get everybody on the show. I think that's how we have to do it. Maybe they can make their pitch for why they should win. We'll we'll figure that out. But that is a beatdown, and that's no reflection of Al, who does great work, and uh, it's just an unfortunate draw for him. Yeah. Uh, Crocker, I would be shocked if he doesn't win based on what we're seeing. Now, matchup seven, I this is the biggest surprise for yes, me. Jordan Elliott so. from Niners Nation and Bonta Hill. No, nothing against Jordan. I just thought I thought that this would be close, but Bonta would win. Right. And Jordan, for the record, he's killing it for Niners Nation. He was at the Stanford Pro Day today, tweeting out videos and pictures of John Lynch. He went to the San Jose State Pro Day, which was after uh right after the Stanford one. Like he's killing it and he's putting out quality content. Ponta has a radio show in the market. He's on the air every day, forming a relationship with listeners. You know, specifically. He's also very engaging, I think, on Twitter. He does yes. a lot of interacting. And Jordan killed him 70-30. I was blown away by that. Yeah, it is definitely surprising. It is, uh, I guess I hadn't thought about that. Is any radio person left? I'm not sure. Yeah, well, we're almost there. So let's finish up uh, with the last of this round, and that's Barrows and John Lund. John Lund had a very, very strong showing. Unfortunately, he was like a Cinderella in the NCAA tournament. That run has now come to an end. 52-47, Matt Barrows moves on. That's a tough draw for Lund. Barrows is obviously one of the more accomplished 49ers beat writers. He's been covering the team for like 24 years, something like that, almost a quarter century. And uh, Barrows moves on, and John Lund, who somehow seemed to generate a lot of responses in every matchup he was mm -hmm. in. I'll just say that. Right. But it wasn't well, there enough. Is, there is somebody in the comments that kind of fessed up to uh, stuffing the ballot box. Oh, we got voting shenanigans. I mean, it is what it is. Like like I said before, people keep asking, like, you know, I've seen a couple of comments saying, like, well, this is none of this is worthwhile because you don't limit it to one vote or any something like that. The only way I could limit it to one vote is by requiring collection of email. And if we did that, we would have about 30 votes. So, right. So <laughs> I think what, but I can understand some people being frustrated by that. Some people were frustrated by the fact that they couldn't see the results. They wanted right. to know right after they voted. So I think what that gonna... is an option. I'm just not going to select it because I didn't want, I didn't want somebody to vote, go, oh, hey, this one's close and my guy's losing. I'm going to vote again. I didn't want right. that. So that's why I didn't allow people to see their results. And again, we're also not trying to, you know, embarrass anybody because some of these match. Okay, I didn't think that it was going to go this way. Maybe next year I don't have to worry about it as much. I thought like there was a chance that with Silver going up against Vish, for example, that Silver is so well known. He was on NFL Network for years that Vish was just going to get like 3% of the vote. And that I the point wasn't to embarrass anybody. It was to get everybody more exposure. But now that I see that it kind of went this way, probably don't have to worry about that next year. Yeah, uh, the exposure is uh, beyond what either one of us thought it would be. Yeah, I've been blown away by it. Uh, pleasantly surprised, for sure. Um, all right, let's get to the quarterfinals now. There is four more matchups, of course, remaining. And it's not exactly as close as some of the matchups were in round three, um, which is surprising to me because now we're down to the nitty gritty. These names are like big names, names that people know. And 
it's not really right now. And again, voting is open. You can go vote and maybe this changes. But uh, if you click over to the responses there, love, and people could see the. Uh, you you want to give them a preview of what's come in so far? Yeah, why not? Sure. First matchup. Already got almost half as many votes as last round. Which is awesome. And again, this by the time you hear this, it'll probably be different anyway. But Cone and Mayoko and Grant is winning 59-41 right now. Talk about, and this kind of happened in the opening round when it was Grant and David Lombardi. With Matt and Grant, two different approaches to covering the team. This could not be a better example of that right now. Yeah, well, Grant has responded to it on Twitter, and he said on yes. your show that, uh, you know, in the beginning he didn't really care, but then as soon as he won <laughs> the first round, he's like, okay, I want to win this thing. So he's tweeting it out, and I think that that is having an effect here. And good for Grant. Like, if you're going to be in it, you might as well win it, right? And look, it doesn't affect Matt Mayoko in any way. He's the godfather of the 49ers beat writers, so he probably doesn't even care about this. But I think people that are voting care. I think it's interesting. And Grant, like you said, he said he cares. So there you go. That is a huge matchup, Grant and Matt Mayoko. Those are two heavyweights of the 49ers press corps. Matchup two, Vish and Jason Aponte. Vish is at almost 60% of the vote. Jason's at 41%. Man, this thing could end up Vish and Croc in the finals. That's what we may be looking at. Maybe. We'll we'll see. Well, yeah. Vish taking down Grant, though? I, I think Grant, unless something happens and Mayoko comes back, I think the winner of that matchup is in. Ooh, that's a bold prediction right there. Um we got the gold. That's a good gold standard uh, showing, though. I feel good about that. You know, the company's got a representative there that's going to make uh, the final four. That's pretty good. Boy, somebody knows who he, what he's doing when he picks talent, huh? Hmm. Who is that guy? Anyway. Uh, I mean, Matt technically Jones. now three people from gold standard are still in this because Grant has joined. Sort that's of. That's true. Simulcasting. One way, I'll just keep adding people as we go <laughs> along here so just to guarantee somebody wins it from uh, the company. Um, next matchup, and this is what we talked about. Croc is whooping Cam Inman right now. Like, I don't, I think if, if, if Croc doesn't get another vote, he'll still win this thing. Uh, it's 89 to 10. I mean, there's, there's decimals. So yes, I know the math doesn't add up, but 89 to 10. That, that means he basically has a 2,500 vote lead. <laughs> Man. Uh, uh, can better hope there's some absence. This, this is another today. one. Like, uh, I don't mean any disrespect by this. I knew Crocker was popular. Obviously, he has a really popular podcast. He mm-hmm. he's very popular on Twitter. I didn't know he was this well. I mean, I'll use the word beloved because that was the whole point of this. Who's the most beloved 49ers media member? Right, right now, I think Crocker is a heavy favorite based on the results because he he's just been steamrolling everybody. Like his own co-host. <laughs> he got two thirds of the vote. Yeah, that's, I don't know anybody that dislikes Crocker. That's the thing. Like yeah. he might not be, if he's not your favorite guy. Okay. But no one is like, I can't listen to that guy. Like he's, right. he's first of all, he has the experience of being an actual player, but he's very relatable and likable on the show, obviously. And it, it has definitely come through. So congratulations to him. And then of course the final matchup, Jordan Elliott against Matt Barrows. And this is like old school, new school, right? You've yeah. got Matt, who's been doing it forever. 
Jordan, who just seemingly keeps adding to his repertoire and profile of what he's been putting out there, and he's winning uh, right now. Oh, no, he's not. He's losing. I apologize. Matt Barrows is up 55-44. But think about this matchup. You're talking about Matt Barrows, one of the established guys, and Jordan, and Jordan's holding his own, and then some. Yeah, and this is what I I was talking about, how well uh, diversified the final uh, eight are here. You got Barrows, obviously, like you said, old school. He's with The Athletic now, but a newspaper person, I think, to most people still in our minds. Uh, Jordan is Niners Nation, but then you got uh, a podcast, you got a newspaper, you got two podcasters. They kind of, they also write, obviously, but you got Mm -hmm. Grant that kind of is everything now. Uh, and YouTube Mayoko podcast, has a podcast also, obviously. And Mayoko has a podcast as well as TV, some and writing. Like, I think it's a very well represented final. And I think it shows the diversity that the media members of the 49ers have. Like, there is so much of everything. It's not like, oh, yeah, they got a lot of media members, but there's only like a couple guys doing YouTube. No, there's literally like 100 people doing YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's a very crowded market for sure. Um, and I think what we're going to do is after this round, we're going to take the vote to Twitter so that you can see in real time what the results are. It's one vote per person. Also, I guess unless you have burner accounts, if you really want to, you can go that route. But this way here, everything will be out front and hopefully that'll take away some of the frustration. And like we Great. said, look, we're going to do this again next year. I know that uh, we left off a lot of people and that again, that's my bad and I apologize for it. We'll, we will be better next year but uh now i gotta figure out where i'm gonna get this trophy i gotta <laughs> order one of these tiny little trophies. anybody make trophies out there any company make trophies and they want to send us one <laughs> yeah anybody want to donate a trophy uh but I, I do want to say that the reason why we have not held the votes on twitter to this point or at least the reason why uh i didn't want to make it that way in the beginning is that when you have 16 matchups or even eight matchups like we currently have, that they to do a poll on Twitter, it has to be individual posts. So we're gonna have eight individual posts or sixteen individual posts. Some of those might not get found. You know, some of those might not show up in people's for you feeds. And then you're gonna have five thousand votes in one and you're gonna have a hundred votes in another and it's gonna skew it. So we have to do a ballot in some way. I will be researching for next year if there is a way to do the ballot the way we're doing it without collecting email addresses but somehow limited to one. We're going to put it on our website as soon as that gets up and running. That would make it very easy. That's a good point. And that's hopefully, you know, we're working on it. I'll just say that. Um, But again, thank you to everybody that took time to vote. Um, I haven't seen anybody take it too seriously or anything like that. Uh, I know John Lund was very, gave us a nice shout out on his uh, podcast, which we appreciate, John. Thank you very much. Again, it's, it's a slower time right now because free agency has kind of settled a little bit. We thought it would be a fun thing with March Madness going on. And hopefully, you know, I saw somebody say, oh, I don't recognize half the names on here. And it's like, yeah, that's the point. <laughs> go to the pro- go to the Twitter profile. <laughs> click on their name. Did you like our uh, gold standard response to that? Uh-oh, what did you do? <laughs> that's what kind of good likes. Do? The guy said, I don't know half the names on this. And I said, and he said, who are half the names on this? And I said, people you should follow. Right. Like that's the goal is <laughs> click on somebody, see their work, go to their YouTube page, right. watch their content. 
you might really like it and you might never have known about this person. It's it's so hard for for people to get discovered, for their work to get seen. And, and that but that doesn't mean they're not doing great stuff. And so that's all this was and that's all it's going to be going forward and hopefully it gets bigger and better and we get more people involved and uh, I hope that we have fun with it and it, whoever wins the only worry is how do we get the trophy back from them before the contest no, the next I think year? I think it's every year you put it you put the year on it so 2023's I got to buy a trophy winter. every year forget it the whole thing's off you got a trophy right behind you. Oh, no yeah, I didn't pay for that trophy. That's my fantasy baseball trophy because I'm the reigning champ, baby. Two out of the last three years. I, I will pay for it out of all the money that you pay me. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> What's 50% of nothing? <laughs> oh, all right, everybody. That's going to do it for this edition of the show. Please rate, review, and follow hey, Rob, the you want a participation Standard. trophy? That would be <laughs> hilarious if we sent participation <laughs> trophies to everybody. <laughs> Participant. 49ers Media Madness Tourney. I'll hang a banner in the back there. I'll keep it in my shot all year long. But like and subscribe to the YouTube channel, please. Again, if you're following on the podcast, don't unfollow the old Niners Nation feed. I know it looks a little funky. It says like generic 49ers football podcast or whatever. Stay subscribed there. Wheels right. are in motion. It's going to be like a flashback. The old school is about to become new school. That's right. So stay subscribed there. Please leave us a five-star rating because I know a lot of people were unhappy with SB Nation laying me off and they left a lot of one-star reviews, which I appreciate the support, but that's our feed or it's going to be our feed shortly. We got to get that star rating back up. Speaking so of ratings, please. where are the ratings? I checked the other day. Where are the ratings? We're not getting ratings anymore. Come on. We got to keep up, getting people. the ratings going. We got to have they stuff to talk about. It makes a huge, huge difference for us, and we need all the help and support we could get right now. So please and thank you for that. Levin, I hope you have a fantastic weekend. I don't even know what your plans are. You got any plans? Night shifts. <laughs> Boy, that sucks. All right. Well, enjoy that, everybody. We'll talk to you next time.